Hey, it's Lisa Carlin from Attacking Third to tell you about the all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe. It's equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend. The Hyundai Santa Fe features available all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, plus available dual wireless charging pads, ensuring that you can take on any adventure. It's ski season, and with the all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe, I can easily load the car with all my gear plus my friends in the third row and make it right to the base of the slopes with all-wheel drive. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Hello and welcome into the United States Women's National Team Hour. Alongside Lori Lindsay, former U.S. Women's National Team midfielder, I'm your host, Lisa Roman. You can join us live on youtube.com slash attacking third. Join the conversation in the chat and you can listen to all of our USWNT Hour conversations on the Attacking Third podcast. Download, follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, all the places you are listening to your podcasts. Today, we are evaluating U.S. Women's National Team player performances at the club level, deciding which players are on the bubble of making the World Cup qualifying roster and who's dominating the six. Andy Sullivan, Jalen Howe, could Lindsey Horan step into that place as well? Who else is Black Landonofsky looking at? We've got a lot to dive in, but first, Lori... How are you? you? (laughs) I am fantastic. You're on the call for NWSL games this weekend. You're back in Philly. How are you? Yeah, well, I'm cold because it's in Philly. We're back in Philly, and it was like 85 and sunny down in Florida, which totally helped my skin. And uh, yeah, I'm great. I am a little bit tired, but um, always wonderful to be here with you on Monday afternoons. So, and. Let's talk about this league and these let's players. Do it. As, as Nate Santi says in our chat, let's talk shop. Let's <laughs> do this. Before we dive into it all, I want everyone to know this. Joining us live on YouTube right now, we have a $100 Paramount Plus subscription to give away during today's USWNT hour. We want all of you to win. We've given away a few so far, so congrats to those winners. You can watch Serie A, CONCACAF, Champions League, NWSL matches on Paramount Plus. So all you need to do to enter is like this video and drop your Twitter or Instagram handle in the chat without the at symbol. We'll pick a winner. We will send you a DM. So like this video, drop your social media handle in the chat. Let's dive into it because there is a lot for us to talk about. We're coming off of the international break. Players are back with their clubs. 20 from the most recent roster are in the NWSL. Two of them are with Leon in Lindsay Horan and Kat Macario, who they also had a match this weekend. Macario, she gets the game-winning goal for Leon and Lindsay Horan. She subbed in around the hour mark, contributing to play there, which is really good to see. Uh, but... On-field progression with these NWSL clubs, now that the players are back in market, playing with their clubs, um, let's start positive. We're going to start mm-hmm. on the on the positives here, Lori, because some players are continuing to impress, mm-hmm. to be playing lights out, to continue to elevate their game and just be really, really outstanding. I know Ashley Sanchez and, and Trinity Rodman, to me, come to mind playing for Washington Spirit. Uh, Trinity Rodman had a brace this weekend. Ashley Sanchez had a goal. Ashley Han- Sanchez had an assist for Trinity Rodman. Uh, what 
What about these two players specifically? Let's start with them. Ashley Sanchez, Trinity Rodman. What, what's standing out? Why are they continuing to be so great with club and country? Well, because they are really good play, players, right, to begin with. There's a lot of talent in between those two. I think with um, – with both of these, I mean, Sanchez in particular, um, more time than Trinity with the on field with the women's national team more recently. I think that's helped with gain with her confidence and mm-hmm. um, being able to contribute. And, and I think really understand how she can influence this Washington spirit team. And she needs to, even if she's a, a young player. And then I think for Trinity Rodman, I mean, the ceiling is so high, right? And right now, I think she's just, she's been in with the national team a few times, not a ton of minutes. Um, yeah. And, and this is a player that just is going to continue to work through like being even the most consistent player she has much like, a, or she can be much like a, a Sanchez, right? Just understanding that it is important to be consistent. She has to be consistent um, regardless of your, your youth at this point in time, because we know that they can contribute. So, but the partnership as well is, is oh. really intriguing. Like they are great friends. It seems, um, according to social media, <laughs> um, celebrations after they score goals, yeah. they have like a cool dance. Lori, we'll get on that. Right. We'll come up with a dance. We'll throw it on our, attacking yes. third TikTok there will be one on attacking third for sure. Get Sandra up in here too. Um, yeah, need her, but yeah. And so I think there's just like a, a genuine, um, partnership there and that shines off the field but also that really shines on the field as well and brings out the best in them so exciting for those two and important to um for the spirit to not play their best game but still be able to get results and those two to be able to shine in those moments as well looking specifically at washington spirit because there's a number of players that translate from washington spirit to the national team. There's seven of them, right? I mean, yeah. Andy Sullivan didn't get time this weekend. She was listed questionable. Um, Chris Ward, head coach for Washington Spirit, did say after the match that she was available to play, but he chose to rest her uh, along with Dorian Bailey. But Andy Sullivan specifically, I mean, there's Emily Sonnet who did get minutes in this most recently in this weekend. But between Sanchez, Hatch, Rodman, Andy Sullivan, Kelly O'Hara, there's just so many players that are building this consistency in this relationship. I think the partnership between Kelly O'Hara and Trinity Rodman has also been developing a lot at the Washington spirit level, which hopefully will translate to the national team level. If both of those players continue to be called in, but you mentioned Rodman, she's not getting a lot of minutes at the national team, but that's not affecting her confidence with Washington spirit by any means. I think she knows what kind of player she can be. She does have that partnership with Sanchez, even hatch up top. They have that really good relationship to be able to be really lethal in that front line. How does Rodman continue to get call-ups to the national team and get more minutes under black Wendonofsky? Because we really haven't seen that from Rodman. Yeah. I mean, it's still, it's still early, right? Um, Rookie year last year and um, really started to come alive. Um, the second half of the season and then has gotten called in. Um, but you, as you mentioned, not as many minutes. So I think for Rodman is continuing to have the performances she had last night. I mean, in some ways the game seems so easy to her, which is amazing, <laughs> but she, you know, we know her athletic ability. We know, but like, there's so much more to her. She can create an isolation. She can create um, in combination. She scores some 
like just wonderful goals that we saw um, even last night. So, you know, the, these performances on a consistent basis, right? And patience, because as we've talked about, um, even leading up to the last um, international um, window last week, there's a, a real big depth, and I'll say issue, <laughs> that's for Vladko, yeah. um, or lack of depth issue. There's so many players up in the, the attack for the women's national team. So it's just, it depends on, one, who you're playing with, and then on the national team, right? And mm-hmm. also um, what's needed sometimes in that game. Now, I'm not going to say he's not going to go with a consistent lineup, right? And we saw that him go with the same front three, um, from back-to-back games against Uzbekistan. But, you know, we're the three of Malpew, Macario, and Smith. Then you add in Kristen Press, who's looked good, who was out for COVID protocol, though, this week. Alex Morgan, a goal and assist these last two games. So you don't even have Megan Rapino in that mix yet or that conversation, right, um, as she's working her way back. So Tobin Heath as well. So, like, listen, you have, like, three lines that could be – playing for a world cup team that we have in terms of depth up there. So continue her performances, consistency and and patience because then her time will come. And I think it'll become clearer on um, where she stands kind of in the mix and what black was looking for. It is crucial to remember that Trinity Rodman is so young. This is her Mm -hmm. second year in the league. She's getting her first caps with the national team. She just got her very first goal at the international level when they played here in Philly against Uzbekistan you mentioned this front three for Vlako and Nanofsky that he wanted to get consistent minutes with. It's Sophia Smith, Mallory Pugh, and Kat Macario. Sophia Smith, this is another player that returned to Portland Thorns in her NWSL club team this past weekend. Two goals she's able to get for Portland, uh, a player that is all over the pitch. And, and the confidence is growing. I actually really liked what I saw from Sophia Smith this past weekend with Portland against San Diego versus maybe what I saw when she plays for the national team. And perhaps they're asking different roles of her Mm -hmm. and different duties of her, whether she's with Portland or with the national team. But the opening goal that Sophia Smith scored for Portland – fantastic. We haven't seen that level of confidence from her at the national team level yet, but I think it's translating because getting two starts in this most recent April friendly window, uh, being a player that Black Wanonofsky said, I'm looking at you. I I want consistent time from you. I want consistent play from you that continues to be elevated and and a relationship building with Pew and Macario. And we saw that from Mm -hmm. Smith and now it's translating back to Portland. Yeah. I mean, she, I mean, I agree completely with that. She has been, this is a great start to this 2022 campaign for Sophia Smith. No doubt about it. Um, You know, however, though, I kind of actually think when I think about like those front three for the women's national team and um, I think Macario and Pew, I mean, listen, this can change like pretty easily depending on injuries, depending on people's form. Right. So even though, April 18th, you're hearing it here first, everybody, <laughs> that, you know, come in, t- in two months when Vlaco around that time is going to have to start to really look into, well, the next window and then also announce the team for qualifiers. I think right now, Macario and Pugh have that, those two spots locked down way more than Sophia Smith. I think that position for S- Sophia Smith is potentially the most wide open. 
now that she hasn't been great and hasn't mm-hmm. had the performances and scored goals with the women's national team, and as, as you just mentioned, taking that back to Portland and vice versa, right? Her, her confidence for Portland and going in with the national team that the same way. I just think the other two, Macario in particular, the form that she's in, what she brings in a little bit more versatility in that um, withdrawal number nine and how, how she, in the current form that she's in, both for club and country, and also Pew having performed at this level, um, knowing what you're going to get from her and the kind of rejuvenation of her uh, her play. We haven't, Smith hasn't been tested in those moments. Right. Um, and she hasn't really been tested in, in a consistency consistently, sorry, I'm tired, <laughs> consistently <laughs> um, with a teams that are going to maybe sit back a bit more too. And until we see that and her ability to be able to um, add something else, then I do still think that that is open. And that's when you open up the conversation to those veteran players or a Trinity Rodman sneaking in there. Right. And so I think that is something to look out for. What really about curious. Ashley Hatch? Is she in that conversation? Oh, certainly. I really like Hatch too, and she's different than anybody we've ever mentioned. I think it's just tough because if you're right now, if they're looking at Macario, I mean, it's just it's not it's not a like for like, right? So it depends on depends on what you're looking for in the game, and in those moments too, like depending, you could always drop Cat um, back as a number ten, and then you bring in a Hatch, right? But it's like everybody else. I mean, it, it's it's like Alex Morgan, because I do think, and this is what we, we can talk about this later too, but I do think that Alex is better in that number nine, in that central role. And we've been seeing her in San Diego out wide more. But however, with Hatch, she's a true number nine as well. And it's going to be important that she's consistently scoring goals because that's what they're on the field for. And with Washington Spirit, with the amount of names that you just mentioned, those expectations need to be really high for that yeah. club. And for all those players, because you have basically close to a women's national team starting lineup. And so you, yeah. need, you need to be held accountable for that, essentially. Exactly. right? And the, yeah, exactly. And, and we're going to talk about it now. We're not talking yeah. about this later. Looking at this front line, I mean, if you have Pew and Macario in as locks and, mm-hmm. and that third spot is up for grabs between Alex Morgan, Kristen Press. I mean, you just mentioned Ashley Hatch. That's that's more of that number nine. But could Alex Morgan play in the width uh, alongside Macario and Pugh? Is that a good threesome up top? Would you rather see Press up there? What about Tobin Heath? When you look at the play of Alex Morgan with San Diego, Kristen Press with Angel City, although she didn't play this past weekend on COVID protocol right before the match happened, um, and, and then Tobin Heath with Arsenal, of those three veterans that we've seen get minutes this year, because Megan Rapino has yet to play for OL Reign in the NWSL due to injury, of those three, which one do you think would fit in best alongside Macario and Mallory Pugh based on skill set, experience, and and what they can bring as a, a group of three in the attack? Yeah, I mean, we can't forget even purses in that in that yeah. conversation as well. I, I personally I think um purse has to show more. Um with with Gotham and and again influence the same um and Robin oh oh yeah certainly yeah yeah, yeah. I mean you know you're exactly right at this point in time I would probably go with and this is why I was bummed um I mean I hope Chris Press is okay um mm-hmm. however I was bummed not to see her in that game against Oel Rain yesterday because I think that would have been interesting um I know they played a couple weeks or a month ago or so um but 
I would probably go with a, a Pew, Macario, and Press right now. And Press would start, and then it would be like a battle to get on the field as a, as a sub between Smith and, and a Rodman right now for one of those wing positions. And no, I wouldn't put Alex out wide okay. with the national team. So no. you would prefer Alex in the nine. That was yeah. my question. Yeah. So then that's when it comes to like who's scoring goals, who is contributing to their club and uh, between like a Hatch and an Alex. Because I wouldn't really necessarily say that they're very similar either, but the qualities in which they play the game are more similar than you would say like a Macario with them. Yes, that makes sense. Right. So when you look at the difference in the number nine striker between Kat Macario and Ashley Hatch, uh, Trinity Rodman has played there as well, but Blacko likes are out wide. And then an Alex Morgan, Macario wins that race right now. Yeah. I was actually thinking about that. I'm laughing because I was thinking about this before, at least. And I was thinking like, okay, like if everyone's healthy, this is hilarious because yeah. there's just like, <laughs> and like, yeah. And you could also like have the same problems in the back too. Like the, the main area that's a little bit thin right now, which seems unusual because it has been like one of the more, um, like where we've had to see the competition like so stiff is midfield. And that seems to be like not my favorite performances right now. So, um, and we've seen a few injuries. Yes. Um, so that'll be interesting, but yes, right now I would go pew left Macario press at this current moment, three eighteen PM Eastern time. I love it. April 18th, right? That would be my first. And then you'd have a Trinity Rodman and you have Smith coming off the bench fighting for those spots. I love that. I love that different rotation. And I think having it be such a tight race right now between those players and who could get called in, who will be on the roster. Because Mm -hmm. although you're saying press, she hasn't been called into the most recent national team camps, the last two that have happened. Uh, But she's definitely still in that mix. And Blackwanovsky said he wanted press to get time playing mm-hmm. in market. I mean, she hadn't played in months leading up to this NWSL Challenge Cup, and now she's getting consistent minutes with Angel City. It's it's almost a shame that she's on Angel City because <laughs> they're not doing that well, and it, it it makes her shine a little bit brighter. But imagine <clears throat> what she could be doing if she is playing alongside a Macario, a Pew with Rose Lavelle and behind. So those are things I am very very excited to see moving forward and, and looking at that. Now we talked about some of the positives of these players that have returned to their club in market playing in the NWSL teams. What about some of the other players that? aren't stacking up to the potential that Black Wanonofsky has hoped they would have. I know Emily Sana is a player that has been a namesake uh, in this national team camp. She's been dealing with a bit of an injury. Um, she's only played in two Washington Spirit matches. She just got 26 minutes this past weekend. Andy Sullivan, another player that's been very consistent but didn't get time this weekend, dealing with a bit of a knock, just trying to recover. But other players that we've seen with the national team and now this past weekend, first weekend back with the NWSL that – didn't impress you as much as you were hoping they would. Yeah, well, I think it's important to note because you kind of touched on it with Kristen Press. And, um, you know, I think it's, it is tough because depending on what team you're on, yes, but how your team is performing does affect. Um, it, it affects morale. It affects, like, obviously the emotions if, you, if you're not scoring or you're struggling to build out, right, which we did see Angel City. We've seen that be a bit of a, an issue for them. Um, and 
So how does that affect over this long season? Because it, it already feels like we've been in this season for a really long time. And we're still in the challenge. Yeah. Cup. So, <laughs> we haven't even got to regular season yet. So I think uh, first and foremost, it is about the longevity, right? And consistency. However, it is a real, real thing when um, you, depending on what team you're playing for and how they're, how they are performing is a, is can be a big factor. So like, for instance, Gotham hasn't been the most lethal up top, but is that necessarily um, Margaret Purse's or Purse's um, her own issue? No, I don't think so. Cause I think Purse can um, again, affect the game in many different ways, right? Whether it's getting in behind getting the ball, but like how is the buildup to be able to get it to her? Right. We've even touched on this before on losing Sheridan, losing Allie long, what that looks like for the buildup for them. So you know, there's things that come into play and Vlaco Ananasi will certainly take that into consideration because we can expect every, all single, um, every 12 team, <laughs> see, I get tired. all 12 teams to be performing at the highest level, right? Like, this is not going to happen. Thanks for laughing. Cause I'm laughing too. <laughs> yeah. I have to laugh. All you did is talk all weekend. Yeah, exactly. I'm like, I have to words. it's fine. Hearing myself again. We're um, all human Lori. It's all right. <laughs> yeah. Um, so th- I'm just using Purse's example because I yeah. don't think we've seen her. However, um, I think it is important for those type that like if you're not on a team that is like really finding some joy and finding the rhythm, then you got to figure out how to get some of that yourself, right? But does that separate the good players from the great players? Because I would argue that Kristen Press has been able to create magic at Angel City when. Angel City is not that great of a team right now in the NWSL. Although Gotham isn't that great of a team right now, we haven't seen much from Purse in this NWSL Challenge Cup. Yeah. Does that separate the good from the great? Well, I think sometimes. I think sometimes. And then I think it's really difficult then to be a one-person show, right? And we've seen that. And that's why I kind of hinted at the fact, too. Let's see how this goes for, like, the longevity of a season because morale does come into play. I mean, it's a it's a, you know, a heartbreaker yesterday for an Angel City team that was that close to um, tying or at least getting a point off of like arguably overall right now without every team playing each other. The best. The best we're seeing consistently with their performances, right? And I think that is even a little bit of a different story if, to your point, if press is on the on the field, right? So, because mm-hmm. she does create a ton. Um, but I think purse and press are, are a lot very different players, right? You can play purse in the back. Um, she's a bit newer playing up top. I know that she has played up top, but it's just different. And we've seen Kristen Press on the... Still, do you think purse is still an option in the back line? We haven't seen it yet for Gotham. Vlako Andonofsky has mainly played her up top. Oh, no, no, no. I'm just making that point that like press is an out and out striker. She's not going anywhere else. And purse has a little bit more of that versatility in her game and is much younger than press. Right. And they haven't, doesn't have nearly the amount of experience at the highest level. I mean, it took Kristen time to, you know, get into the, into the mix with the national team consistently as well. So I think that is important to note, but um, I still think it's important to be able to find and create some of those magic moments um, that you're speaking to as well, even regardless, right? Yes. Um, but however, you know, I, the midfield, I'll go there first. Yeah, um, let's talk about that. Yes. Yeah, so, 
you know, Andy Sullivan seen a lot of time in that six recently with the national team out for injury. So without her there, these are the moments. Yes. Jalen Howe, young player, right. Coming in just into the league. Um, but for a player that like pick second, right. Like number six, I haven't really seen it at the national team level or at the, at Louisville right now. And it's so early. I know it sounds probably like nitpicking, but um, if they want to be the best team in the world, I think we're allowed to nitpick. A little yeah. Bit. Well, I'm, I'm more talking about like individual performances. Like, yes. you know, we've decided that Jalen Howe should be this player. I don't know if Jalen Howe is like, Hey, like, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to figure it out still. Right. So like we've decided to put this pressure on her and you need to be this and that. Right. So, mm-hmm. um, however, I I've always been curious about Jalen Howe in this instance just watching her in in um in college and now a, a little bit at the beginning of this season and a little bit with the national team is i i'm curious on how she fits in as a six with this national team because i don't think of her as like this like kind of like you know bruiser like you would think of like a, a julie Ertz. yes but i also don't think of her as like a, a linker or like a a rhythm instiller right like i mm-hmm. i think I, i'm not sure what her best attributes are, yeah, she's good in the air. I think she reads the game fairly well. But right now, I feel like with Louisville, maybe it's the setup. Um, her and Olafson, I feel like, cancel each other out. I, I don't think. They, they're mean, not making an impact. You're not noticing yeah. Howell on the field. You're not like, wow, who's that player mm-hmm. constantly breaking up play? That's that's not it. Honestly, yeah. for racing Louisville, I think Emily Fox has been – Oh, she's been great, but she just like, and her and like Mal Pugh before she, hopefully she's okay. I mean, she got knocked in the face on the free kick. Um, But the two of them are like floating around, (laughs) floating around the field, just doing like everything they want. Like it's, yeah, it's amazing. So no doubt I'm right there with you with Emily Fox. I mean, she's a given right now to me because she's like figuring things out. She's getting forward. Um, I right now though would put, I mean, Mal Pugh, the game looks too easy for Mal right now it is like and i say that with like that's awesome like i don't even yeah, understand really how that's awesome. possible like she honestly just looked like she was playing half court basketball the other night <laughs> like she's smart with her positioning she tracks back to a certain extent to do what she needs to do defensively but puts herself in the best positions to get in transition and um you know in, in that regard like if you're if you're putting fox and pew up next to each other in that game like Mal influenced it more, in my opinion, because she would track Fox to a certain point and then be like, go ahead. I'm going to hang out here because we are we have enough players behind the ball. We should win it back. And then I'm free. And she was. And that's, and that's yeah. really smart soccer. Yeah, yeah. And it's just, too. yeah. And I mean, the execution and some like, um, she had the assist, right, mm-hmm. to, to Kowalski. And then um, they should have had some more, in my opinion. But um, still, I mean, doing well. So here so we are. I want to ask you before we take a break and, and continue this lovely conversation, I want to ask you about Christy Mewis because we're talking about Gotham. We're talking about players that have consistently been called in, um, now returning to Gotham and, and playing in the midfield, a midfield that needs a little bit of help without Allie Long in there. They were hoping to get Christy Mewis traded uh, it, in a way from Houston, a little jump to jump, ultimately getting her to Gotham. But when you watch Gotham matches and, and you watch Christy Mewis at the national team and then with New Jersey, New York, Gotham FC, are you noticing her? Are there things standing out? Should she continue to be 
called in or are you wanting a little more from Christy Mewis? Yes, yeah, certainly a little bit more. Um, but I, I kind of been thinking that for a while. Like I am a big fan of Christy Mewis and obviously Sam Mewis, like the Mew, the Mew right? <laughs> I am a huge fan of, I like the way that they play. Um, you know, when Christy was like, super young and still in college. She came in when I was still on, on the national team and had this great left foot, but like the, the joke, and I would love mm-hmm. to talk to her about this now, but was like, she was like picking daisies, like during training sessions a lot of time. Right. It just wasn't consistent enough. And, um, but she was like 18. Right. So it was just like, get her the experience because she has, she has something extra. Right. And then I think we've seen that a little bit throughout her career. And we've all talked about the five year, um, yeah, fear of the Mew, exactly right. Um, <laughs> um, and then we saw that about like the five year gap, right, where she wasn't yeah. called in with the national team, battled some injuries, and played like with every NWSL team known to man. So, um, but like in Houston, one of the reasons why she got back on the national team, in my opinion, is because she was consistently the best player. She is so good and she doesn't get a lot of credit for this. She can, yeah. Everything for Christy Mew. 2020 challenge cup. And also even like early 2021 last year before the Olympic team was picked. And she, I mean, I don't see her do this much anymore, but she's so good at dropping deep, getting faced up. And then she can play such good um, final passes from deep or higher up. So we're still, so I see that sometimes with the national team, not her necessarily dropping deep, but like her final pass is one of the best that we have on the national team, in my opinion right now, mm-hmm. out of the midfield and her ability to play make. But it's just, she gets lost with Gotham. There's so much, there's so much more she could be doing. And and I'm not blaming that on Gotham because I, I don't think we saw it at the latter part of uh, 2021 in Houston either. So the, I I think in this case, that's on Christy Mewis, right? I, yeah, I do like too. on some other other players, as we mentioned with Purse, I think, yeah, like she'll she'll continue, no doubt. I feel like we'll fi- she'll find the back of the net. Like I don't um, – mm-hmm. no, I wouldn't be concerned about that. But I think some of her not getting the ball is because of – affected from other areas, but with like Christy and the position she plays and how she can play. I personally think that's on her. That is a desire to like, you are going to like be the it player knowing that your team needs that in the position she's in and looking around. Cause McCall can cover ground. McCall's position is great. Kawasumi is like smart. Christy needs to be the player. That's like, I will take over. I will move the ball around and make my team better. And we haven't seen that Mm-mm. from Christy Mewis. No. Uh, even I think when she did get minutes with Black Wendonofsky in the national team, especially in these April uh, friendly window, she didn't change the game when she came yeah. in. And it's almost like she worked so hard to get back to this point, And now she's kind of coasting. We need her to kick it into another gear, see what else Christy Mewis can bring, um, especially because, as you mentioned, that midfield is a little thin right now. Mm-hmm. There's not a lot of depth for Vlako and Danofsky, but that midfield, that's a, a lot of conversation that we still want to talk about. Who else could Vlako and Danofsky potentially be looking at, former youth players or anyone new to be called into this group ahead of the qualifiers. We've got all of this to chat about and so much more when we return right after this quick break. Finding the right cleat can be transformative. Believe me, I've worn plenty during my career. So getting the right balance is crucial. The cleat needs to feel good on your foot, but also feel good connecting with the ball. The New Balance Furon 7 Plus is built with both of those points in mind. 
offering overall comfort and precise striking in the game's fastest moments. Because, as I learned the hard way, because I didn't possess much of it, speed matters in soccer! That's why the Furon 7 Plus is built for accuracy and precision at rapid pace, and is engineered specifically for use on firm ground. Why is this the ideal cleat, I hear you ask? Well, not to get too scientific, but the Furon 7 Plus offers a lightweight yet supportive hypo-knit with mesh lining upper construction and is paired with offset lacing for a truer strike of the ball, which is a long way of me saying that your game will immediately get better when these are on your feet. Learn more and purchase the Furon at NewBalance.com. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Welcome back to the USWNT Hour alongside Lori Lindsay. I'm Lisa Roman. We've chatted a lot about different player personnel. We dove into that front line, but I want to look at the midfield unit for the national team, specifically the six. We have this segment called Dominating the Six. No <laughs> one's doing it yet. Uh, we've had Julie Ertz in that role for years, the defensive midfield role, and she owned it. No one was shaking her from that position. However, slew of injuries, now a pregnancy with her. Andy Sullivan has been in that position. Jalen Howell's been called in. We've also seen Lindsay Horan play that role. And Laura, you talked a bit about Jalen Howell playing with Racing Louisville so far, being alongside Freya Olofsson and just getting lost, canceling each other out between Olofsson and Howell, not being an impact player. And perhaps it's a little too much pressure on Jalen Howell. She was called into the national team. She's gotten senior caps. She's been a namestay at the youth level, drafted number two overall in the 2022 draft. And now it's the pressure maybe being built put on her shoulders. It's building up. She's not being a huge impact at Racing Louisville. And when she gets time with the national team, it's not ownership that's taking it. But what about Andy Sullivan? What about Lindsay Horan? We've seen Horan play that role when mm -hmm. they needed her to do. But personally, I prefer Horan much higher up the pitch. She does much better there when she's in more of an eight or 10 role, preferably an eight role. I like her there. But when you look at this six, what are you looking at between Sullivan, because Ertz is out of the picture now, Andy Sullivan, Jalen Howell, I'm going to throw Lindsey Horan in there. If you're Vlako Andonofsky and those are your three that you're looking at, who are you picking to, to get that starting role on the world qualifying roster? Oh, well, I think Andy Sullivan right now. I mean, Andy played the first 45 of the first Uzbekistan game. And then I think was it, was it the full 90, the second mm -hmm. um, or close to right. Um, so, yeah, I think it's just going to be right now because I don't have the answer for this. I mean, I, I we can't forget about Sam Mewis. I do f feel like Sam Mewis is maybe closer to coming back consistently and getting even more minutes than um, any of us have thought. Right. Especially because it just seemed a little bit weird because she played a couple games and then was called in with the national team. But then didn't, then they just like decided not to bring her in. Um, but it does sound like she is making some some headway there. So that is um in my opinion not a true number 6 either. However, in, in US. Yeah, yeah, somebody that could play there, right? But 
injured, so let's move on because that's not as hypothetical right now. Yeah. <laughs> I um, love those conversations. Right now, make believe conversation. Yeah, yeah. Right now, it, I would put Andy Sullivan. I, I really believe that Andy can do this um, and play in that. Like, she can do it. Um, no, that she has the qualities to to play this position. Uh, it's not going to look like Juilliard's, and that's fine. Mm-hmm. Right. And I think this team is evolving. That's has looked very different than it has in the past and even in the more recent years, too. So, again, it keeps going back to what I'm saying, um, which is it really depends on who you're playing with and understanding those roles, because somebody's positioning and role might look very different or will look really, really different if you're playing with an urge compared to a, a Solomon. That's fine. It's just a matter of that being um, relayed to the players and having a really clear understanding of what's to come, right? So that's so true. So if you had Sam Ewis in there as the six, how does that look? Does it look similar to how we saw Lindsey Horan playing that six because Mewis is not a true six? Uh, does it look more like the <laughs> the destroyer of Julie Ertz? Could we see that coming out of Sam Ewis? Yeah, no, I don't think so either. I think it's a little bit more similar to like how an Andy would play, right? Okay. Um, you know, getting on the half turn a little bit more off. Like that was how Lindsay Horan played yes. as well. We, when Lindsay Horan played though, especially against Sweden in the Olympics, we just got exposed because we got shut big time. And then you're asking like one player to do um, a lot of work. And it was kind of quite evident in my opinion too, that like Sweden, like sitting Asalani on Haran, then it was difficult for us to figure out how to move the ball because, and that's just going to be the issue, right? We're easily scouted because we play the most games. It's accessible to get video. Anyway, I would still put Andy in there and I would probably have a a variety of players. So I'm putting Andy in there as like a mainstay. I know I threw, I threw, um, I threw Mewis in there, but as I was saying that, and then you brought it back up again, I think I might have to retract that because I don't think we'd want, like, <laughs> I because Mewis is just, in my opinion, too good as the eight, much like a Lindsay Haran. Yes. And so it feels like those two were uh, would, depending on health and stuff, would have to find their way in terms of competition. Exactly. I mean, they're talented enough. They could play anywhere on the pitch, but um, that's my job here to make you double think what you're saying and and (laughs) get back and give us better analysis. That's what I'm doing here. Um, I like this though. So is Andy Sullivan though, does she have that on lock? Does she have that role in that position on lock? No, I don't think so. Uh, and, And I don't think that she does not either. Right. Like, I, I don't think it's like, yes, 100 percent in. Mm-hmm. Um, and I also don't think it's like um, you're not either. Yeah. So it's in between. I, it, again, it goes back to like the performances. And I think she still has to be really imposing with the Washington spirit. And she was last year and let her team in like in a way that I think really caught Blacko's eyes. And I think that he likes her a lot. Um but I still think there's something where kind of goes back to what we've been saying, right? Like regardless of the games, there's Sullivan can do more. Yes, I agree. I think I wish there was someone that could challenge Sullivan's position right now, because Mm -hmm. it right now due to health and things like that, they're, 
no one's necessarily pushing for Andy Sullivan's role in that six. I think we tried to have Jalen Howell push for that role, but it's not enough of a challenge for Andy Sullivan. If I'm, I know we don't like to talk about hypotheticals here, but if if Julie, <laughs> I Ertz seem was, to, <laughs> if Julie Ertz was healthy and the competition between Andy Sullivan and Julie Ertz was happening in these training camps being called in. I believe that that would elevate Andy Sullivan's role, not necessarily to change the style of playing to be more similar to Julie Ertz, but rather it would challenge her to be more of an impact and and try to steal that role from Julie Ertz. Whereas right now, it's almost like Black Wendonofsky is looking for depth in the midfield and trying to find people. And, and Andy Sullivan is the choice to go to because she's there. And she's very talented and she's very good. But if she had someone also fighting for that role, I think her game could be elevated just a little bit more. And even playing against competition like Uzbekistan, it's not challenging Sullivan enough to be able to say, I need to look at game tape and I need to get better um, because she's a player that is tremendously gifted and a mm-hmm. very good player. And when she plays with Washington Spirit, she does look to get better and she can combine with that front line so extremely well. But is there anyone else that Black Wanonofsky could be looking at in this six role that was maybe called into camps before or is on an injury list but could be coming back? I know you mentioned Sam Mewis. We wrote her in pencil. We already erased her. She's off that number six role. But anyone else for you, Lori, that you think maybe Vlakovanovsky is keeping a little bit of a closer eye on, and that we should too. Uh, you know, I'll be curious because I, I, when leading up to this show and like thinking about this and like looking at the, all the rosters, I can't really name one, right? Yeah. And the one that um, does come to mind, though, which I'm not sure a lot of people even listening to this will be like, what? And it'll feel like, you know, <laughs> this is one for, yeah, yeah, yeah. So again, you've heard it, you've heard it here first that this happens, right? Um, but it's Gabby Vincent and she is still on the injured list for Washington Spirit. She played for Kansas City last year, didn't get a lot of time. I think there's some, she has some stuff with, um, with injuries and keeping herself and staying fit in that regard. But I really liked her last year in the games that she played in for Kansas City. And one of the only players that I see a lot of the time in that in the six role that can be imposing with their athleticism and their in their body, but also still with the ability to be able to like move the ball and like mm-hmm. rotate it around, right, left to right, right to left, and in a way that I view the six to be played. And I think that would be the most influential for our women's national team. And I think she has all those attributes. The thing is, is that like, we haven't seen her enough, right? So do I think she's on Vlaco's list? Maybe way down. She might be yeah. at the same level that I am right now. <laughs> like, um, I'm just joking. Um, I do think that she could be, if she can get in there and get some valuable minutes, it will be really interesting because I think that would push um, even Andy up a little bit higher, right? Um, or when Andy's gone from that position, she could fill in. But in order for her to be getting taken a really clear, like good look, Vlatko at her, then mm-hmm. she's going to have to be playing consistently, and she's going to have to be healthy. So it I is like far off right now. Wild card, left field it, wild card. I like it, is, it. It's far off right now, but get ready. I think it could at least at least get ready for her to I think start performing more consistently at the NWSL level, and then we'll see where it goes from there. I, there's not a lot of time though, right? Less than two yeah. months or just about two months before this that. is my wild card pick for 
down the road. <laughs> oh, so we're not talking 2023 Olympics this summer, World Cup qualifiers. Yeah, yeah. No, we're, we're well, we're there's no way. There's no way she's making this, um, the qualifiers. But I'm just okay. saying the six in general, because this conversation is going to go on for a bit. Yes, yes, I agree with that. But enough of these hypotheticals. I want to stick with the now. This is not a hypothetical. There's no one now. There's no one else. It's only Andy Sullivan or Jalen Howe. What about a player like Morgan Gattrall? Yes, dealing with a bit of an injury. She was on the injury list for Chicago Red Stars. Could she play in that six role? She's been there before. She played in the midfield, but not the six. I don't think the six at this level. Okay. I think Morgan is fantastic mm-hmm. and I, she's so smooth on the ball and um, really like just an intelligent player. Six at the U.S. Women's National Team level with the amount of injuries she's had. Nope. Okay. So. What about Emily Davidson here joining in the chat? What about Megan Klingenberg? Could she be back in the mix? Nope. All right. I like this. We're just going to run through the list. I, lo- I Listen, all these players I, I are amazing. But I think the thing is, is that like there was um, – Let's see. What about Gurma? Bringing Naomi Gurma. Yeah, you know, I saw that in the comments, and I'm not sure. It's probably further up. I I like that shout because when I was thinking about that, too, I used to be a big fan of thinking last year when we talked about this um, in the the context of what happens if Ertz um, gets injured, and then that's what happened, right? And it was like an issue. Yes. Much like we're still talking about now, not because she's pregnant. I mean, um, Julie at 70% is still better than most anyone at 100%. Especially the way the U.S. Women's National Team wanted to play, right? Yes. Um, however, um, so I'm just laughing at these I'm laughing at some of the comments. Sorry, everybody. I was getting distracted. I like the Germa shout because I used to be a big fan of thinking about Tierna Davidson last yes. year as at least a backup in that sixth um, role because she did play there some – um, in college for Stanford. However, Vlaco was like very adamant about she's a center back. Yes. I did think about Naima Gurma as well. It could be interesting. I don't know if I see him using her in that position, especially because that's not where she's playing right? Um, with San Diego either. So, so she has the ability to, to pass and play, play make. But listen, center back position compared to the number six or midfield role – People are coming at all angles, right? And it is the speed of play is so different than when you're facing the entire um, field when you're in possession. It's very different. So it's a tough one since she's not playing. I love all these wild cards we're getting in the chat, but I have one of my own. I think that North Carolina Courage is a team that you cannot sleep on right now in the NWSL. They're doing a lot of tremendous things. I think Sean Nahas, head coach for the Courage, is shaking things up, trying different things. And a player in Kiki Pickett, 2021 NWSL draft. She was with Kansas City last year. She's played at the national level, U17, U20, U23 in 2019 most recently. She has one assist for the Courage right now. We've seen her along the back line for Kansas City current. We've seen her in the front line for North Carolina Courage. Now we've seen her most recently in the midfield, more of an attacking role, however. What about her in the six, a player like Kiki Pickett? I personally, I like her in this role. I think, I mean, if we're throwing out wild cards in Gabby Vincent and Kiki Pickett, I'm going to throw out Gabby or I'm going to throw out Kiki Pickett as my wild card because she's a player that can play that role defensively. She's got that unlocked. She can do that. Yeah. Now we've seen her in more of attacking roles with Sean Nahas in the North Carolina courage. It's going to take a little bit for her to get used to the six. I mean, if we're throwing her there, but 
she could do it. I think she has the skill sets to be that linking player, but also a bit of a destroyer in breaking up play. I mean, is this grasping at draws? <laughs> yeah, it is. Um, I'll just check. I just want to push back on you. Uh, the only reason why I say no is because I, I agree 100% with her qualities and what you're saying exactly. There's no doubt about it. There, I wouldn't have any argument with that. I just don't think that, that that will shine in the sixth position because it is a whole other ball game. And I, I'd worry potentially in some with some of these teams about her size too in that role. Um, but it is like I don't see it. I don't think she, I don't think that that would be suited the best for her. And I'm not sure that there is that um, like there is there is something about the sixth position that like you have to have that desire to do that as well. Oh, it's a you know? role. Yeah. And the desire to be like, this is what you love to do, right? Which is keep the ball moving. You're making sure that you are like, you reading the game so well, right? Winning every aerial ball. That's yeah. pretty much a 50, 50 in the midfield. That's you. That's yeah. your role to do it, that. It, yeah, and it just depends too. And it, I think this is why it's such a fun and also tough conversation to have. And there are hypotheticals because it does depend on how you want to play. Like if you look at Kansas City Current, right? Desiree Scott has owned that sixth position since like day one, feels like, and with the Canadian national team from day one. And like, but she serves that role in a very specific way. She reads the game really well. And she's going to be like, I don't give two Fs what's happening, yeah. right? I'm going to lay into you if I think you're going to get into some sort of transition moment and is totally fine doing that. Right. And she in affects the game in that way, but I don't necessarily that particularly like we, we might be able to get away with that, having that type of position for someone. If, um, if you're going to play an Andy, if you're going to play Lindsay Horan consistently in there, which you probably are right. Yes. But like, because if Rose is playing, Rose isn't going to do that. And she's also not somebody that's going to totally check back nope. and nope. like move the ball around. She's checking back to get the ball and then going on these terror runs and no one wants to defend. Right. Exactly. So, um, so yeah. okay, you mentioned Desiree Scott. Now I've got to ask you this because Canada, they went on an incredible run for the Tokyo Olympics. They won gold. They've got Desiree Scott in the midfield. They've got Quinn who tremendous player in that defensive midfield role. Um, when you look at those two players, who compares on the U.S. side? What U.S. players compare to a player like Quinn or Desiree Scott? Oh, I don't know if anybody does. Yeah, I don't know if there's comparison. The, that's the yeah. question yeah. right now. Yeah, and also Canadians are going to be mad at me, but I wouldn't be modeling ours after. I don't think Canada was like the greatest in the Olympics, like all credit to them, but I wouldn't say that that's like the best soccer we've ever seen, right? There's a lot there. Like, I, they scored like one goal in the run of play. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and that's, again, I am pumped for them, and I love the, the work that has been put in. And, um, you know, I think a lot of those players also would say, Hey, listen, like we want more money in this, into our federation, all of that. Right. So, but I wouldn't say like, that's what we're modeling after. Exactly. So, exactly. Yeah. so I want to dive into this chat because I can see you reading it so much, Lori, but uh, <laughs> I just, the chat is my favorite. I am so like, I love everybody tuning in. Thank you so much. 
So we got some people asking for Fowdy, Mia Hamm, Fawcett. Love that. Maybe we can see it. Uh, what about Macario as a six? We had this one thrown in here a, a few Get times. out of town, people. What are we talking about? Macario six. No, Macario is playing the nine position. Let's stop. What's funny? Uh- <laughs> I want to throw it in there. I want yeah. to. No, I appreciate it. Thanks, Sleepy. Repeat. repeat. Said it. Lucy said it. People are like, let's put Macario. She's good, but she's not a six. What about uh, Michelle Akers? Give her 20 minutes in there. Yeah, get her back. Get her back. Yeah. I think she's had like 20. She highlighted recently she had 20 um, knee surgeries in one knee. So I don't think like. (laughs) What about Emily Davidson here throwing out some names um, from San Diego Wave? Taylor Korniak, Kelsey Turnbow. Do you think these are players that could potentially strengthen the midfield for the United States women's national team? I mean, Kelsey Turnbow, I think, is young to be getting in this mix already. Taylor Korniak, though, what do you think about her? Well, I mean, are we are we still in the six or just in the midfield? Let's talk about the midfield because neither yeah. of you guys are playing. Well, well I think, listen, like, no doubt have they had, like, they've, like, I think Kelsey for a rookie, you know, she's shown some bright moments. Same with um, Korniak has played in some really good balls. I have in the assist on Alex Morgan the other night on Thursday. Um, however, like, the way that I always view it is when I was playing and then even your sense, it's like, Yes, these players are performing well. There is a big difference, though. And if you haven't been at that, if you haven't experienced the two levels, then it's it's like hard to conceptualize. But there is a a big difference between playing in the NWSL and playing on the women's national team and playing in an international game. It is it is a whole nother level. And the smallest little details are you wouldn't even believe it. And in the level of training, it's it's so I yeah. I mean, I'll just leave it at that. It's just hard yeah. to explain the the competition and the pace of the game is is far outweighs um, the NWSL, right? And like, I'm not like saying like great or bad. It's just the it's just a reality, right? It's international yeah. soccer. You're picking all the best players. So yes, I like that those names are being thrown out. But the the thing that I always ask is who are they playing better in? Because we're talking about the depth of these. Um, the midfield, the depth of the back line, even though we're thin in the sixth position, right? But, you know, Korniak, uh, Turnbow, who are they going to beat out? I don't see anybody that we've named off of that they're going to beat out currently. So uh, that's why I wouldn't put them in there. Yes, they're doing well for club, but it just... So I have another contender for the sixth position now. She's pregnant right now, but she has stated she wants to play in this 2022 NWSL regular season. Crystal Dunn. What about Crystal Dunn slotting yeah. her into the six? What? <laughs> Crystal Dunn. Oh my gosh. If even Crystal, if we have Crystal on this show, she'd be like, Lori, get out of town. We're, we're not playing the six, right? Like she really wants to play left back and she's awesome at left back, but she wants to play the, the attack. So no way she wanted to play a six. Um, but like, I can't wait for Crystal to get back. Hell yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, she's awesome. so determined to get back after her pregnancy. Yeah. I'm so here for it. It's I, I'm so for here for it too. And like, what does that look like in the outside back position? And we talked a little bit about that on previous shows, but that will be an interesting one. But also then as she moved into more of attacking role, um, but hell yeah, I'm here for it for Crystal and like, um, I mean, I like it. listen, if, if somebody can play anywhere, it's crystal. Don't get me wrong. Exactly. I just like, again, you just have to want to play that six and guarantee she doesn't. So. You're, like you said, she doesn't even want to play in the back, uh, but she does it and she does it really well. Okay. I loved this 
defensive midfield number six role. That was a lot of fun. I want to touch on this quickly. We we talked about it a little bit before between Alex Murray and Kristen Press. Some players that are on the bubble Mm -hmm. of this World Cup qualifying roster. I mean, I I think Casey Murphy is someone that is probably still in contention despite being injured. Um, uh, Morgan Gattrall, I think she could be put on that list depending on how the depth that the midfield goes for the national team. Uh, What about Amani Dorsey? Uh, Defender, she's been called in, hasn't seen a lot of minutes. Is there anyone else on your radar, Lori, that is still on the bubble, that is still an unknown for Vlako Andonovsky? I mean, I think they're always scanning and looking, right? So mm-hmm. in some ways of like... Maybe he's we listening don't... to this and he's going to call in Gabby Vincent. You never know. <laughs> well, guarantee. I mean, the only thing is that everyone has to be healthy and ready to go, okay? So <laughs> that was my hypothetical in like far off distance, but you heard it here first, everybody. Um, you know, Morgan Gattrall, potentially, yes. I think... Um, as. Well, I'm not going to say I think it um, gets further and further away. I think she has to start getting building up 90 minutes yes. and playing 90 minutes in club for her to get called in. Um, to your point about Imani Dorsey, I don't know. I think it's a little bit tough. She didn't play in either game. She didn't dress in the, either, I don't think. She didn't dress um, in either, correct. Yeah, and with Sonic coming back, um, who he – even though she plays center back for the Spirit, um, he has consistently said, Blacko, that – she he views her as an outside back, so she'd be vying for one of those spots. So then, and then if you get start to get Crystal back, right? Depending on the timing of that, just it depends on that for her. But um, but you have Kelly O'Hara, you have um, Emily Fox, who's occupied that Huerta, Sophia Huerta. Yeah, and I think I I you know Huerta was quieter in the game yesterday mm-hmm. than we typically credit to Indo though. I think she was fabulous in her positioning, but like where has been good. And where to came in on Thursday evening and played in a higher role because um, they needed her too. And she can. Yeah. And that's the thing. Like there will be some of that, like, you know, it's, it's interesting and in how much that will play in, especially with there being 23 players in a roster. What I can't remember what it is for qualifiers. Is it 23 for qualifiers? I too? think it's 23. Okay. So that is like, you know, you might have one or two that can play a mix of players. I don't see where to playing in the attack on the national team, no. but barring something happening, right? You have that in your back pocket. And I like where I think she's done really well. What about Morgan Weaver, Bethany Balser? They've been called in before. Uh, I think Morgan Weaver is actually playing really, really well right now with Portland. Um, I think her skill has been elevated a little bit, but are these people still on the radar as sleepy repeat says? <laughs> I love that um, name too. <laughs> um, well, listen, I said it on the broadcast last night about Balser. I think Balser has been awesome. Like I, the, her evolution of her game has been so fun to watch. Like I think I said two years ago, we would have thought of her as maybe more of like aerial battle in the box, but her ability to play back to goal, we saw in the number 10 score goal on Did Thursday you like evening. Her in the 10. Did you like yeah. Balser in the 10? Yeah, certainly. Because there's a good, they have enough understanding on that team for the fluidity. And we, we interviewed Balser right before half too. And I asked her about playing in the 10 and the nine and scoring goals two in the last two games and she said, yeah, we have versatility. So we have an understanding of where to play. And so you see that progression in her game, which I think has been so fun. And and even as a number nine, she plays that, right? Mm-hmm. As like kind of a withdrawn and we're seeing those, you know, just the fluidity. I don't need to go on anymore. However, it goes back to the whole thing that I was saying, which is who are they beating out? Who are yeah. they beating out? 
because you know I could see I could see a Bethany Balser more so than Morgan Weaver currently right now in uh, a fight out with a maybe a Hatch. Okay. Potentially, if okay. you're kind of like looking to see who's in the best form and who you're going to bring. But but right now, I definitely give the upper hand to a Hatch because she's been in, you know. Yeah. So. And, and Hatch has also she has that uh, tenacious nose for goal type of role. I do I do agree. I love Bethany Balser in the ten. She got her first outside of the box goal for, mm-hmm. for her NWSL career being in that role. But I I think it's maybe it's also being at OL Reign and having so many other lethal attacking weapons around Balser. But I think Hatch shines a little bit more in finding the the ball and just going straight to goal. And her stats, right? She checks on for the U.S. and scores in like 90 seconds or something like yeah. that. That's yeah, fantastic. she does have a nose. That's yeah. what you want. Yeah, no doubt. And, um, and and that goes just goes back to like the both of them last year, right? I think it was Hatch had 11 and um, – and Balser had nine, right? Golden so, boot winner. Yeah. 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 And then and then Balser was right there. And they were all even. There's a group of them even for a while. So again, I think it just really comes down to the consistency over the long haul of the season. And exactly. that and, and even over these next couple of months, I think there'll be some separation in some of these positions and some players, it will get a lot more open and it'll be clearer um as time comes too. I mean, there's a lot of time, but there's also not a lot of time. Only one more June window to come, and then the the qualifying roster will be named by Vlako Andonovsky. We talked about a lot of different things tonight, Lori, or this afternoon, rather. So thanks, everyone, for joining us. I mean, evaluating the players, talking about the six, who's on the bubble. Final thoughts from you, Lori Lindsay, about any of this? Any more wild cards in the six? Well, hold on. I need to address this Balser as the the 10. I'm not saying Balser as a 10 on the national team. No, she would be the number nine <laughs> but like Balzer has played the 10 <laughs> with OL Reign so yes she can play that 10 and she scored a goal in that position and was good the other night so but I'm not talking about that as a 10 so anyway that's it um, no other wild cards for the sixes except for um like Abby Vincent and I'm going Kiki Pickett as the wild card in the six. I want to see it, put it out there, manifest it. We love to see it. Thank you everyone so much for joining us. If you like this video and you dropped your social media handle in the chat, look out for a DM for us. You could be our Paramount Plus subscription winner. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Attacking Third for more. We're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and anywhere that you listen to your podcast. Subscribe to us on YouTube.com to catch our interviews and get alerts for when we go live, YouTube.com attacking third we'll be back next monday for another uswnt hour thank you so much everyone for joining us Lori, thanks for being here everyone have such a great day